you know, people, it's become very popular to say like Sublime sucks and <laughs> fuck Sublime, but you know, those guys were like in their early 20s when they made that music. You're like making fun of a 24 year old. Yeah. And like a guy from like Orange County, you know, like for guys from Orange County, they're the max version of those guys. So it's like, what, you want them to be like fucking Rivers Cuomo or something like that? They're not from Long Beach. Isn't Long Beach? That's Orange County. They're Orange County guys. I'm married to an Orange County girl. Trust me, I know. These people are all basically in sublime. Long Beach is um, part of L.A. County and part of the L.A. City. I mean, you know why? Yeah, but spiritually. Orange County. Do you know why though? Why? If you look at the map of LA, you'll see like it encompasses, you know, all of L- all of, you know, what you think of Los Angeles, the Valley, minus Beverly Hills, minus Santa Monica. And then there's a long, thin little strip that goes south all the way to Long Beach. And the reason why it's connected that way is because the city wants to control the port. Oh god. Course. It's like the wire. Yeah, I was gonna say that's my response anytime I hear about anything even mildly bureaucratic or like discerning politically. I, that's the wire. The wire is right. Did you hear the big news today? There's gonna be a Willow TV show on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, a good thing. But no Val Kilmer. Oh boy! But Warwick Davis. So- yeah, Warwick Davis, but no Val Kilmer. I'm not going to watch that shit. I mean, Warwick Davis is like really old. Oh, I mean, he'll probably be like the old Willow or something. Yeah, they'll do a little, a little torch passing kind of thing. Uh, like the end of Hook when he gave the sword to the fat one. Yeah, that was cool. Fat kids everywhere were like, hell yeah. That's me. Um, Dude, I was looking through all the Disney Plus stuff, and it's just like the fucking just pummeling you with these IP new shows and movies based on some IP shit they have. And also it's like rogue one was the prequel to a new hope where we saw what happened with the, um, getting the death star plans. And then because Diego Luna died, they're now doing uh, a prequel of rogue one about him. Yeah. What the fuck? It's just like, so much and why are they like how can it be pro- they're like laying a bunch of people off like how are they able to shit out like an absurd amount of shows like they don't need this many shows Nobody- well they're by firing all those people they're now able to afford all those shows yeah but can't they like I, to me honestly like if i liked that shit i would be turned off by the amount of it because it's just like jesus i can't keep up with all this shit like well you know there was a time when people made real films for children you know from this from their soul totally because they no bullshit yeah because they were obsessed with children so they when they made movies they were like obsessively thinking about children the whole time what they would want uh, what they look like oiled up what they look like without a shirt on well you know the way a father looks at their son because the movie we're talking about Dial code Santa Claus. The director cast his son. Oh, nice. I was wondering why that. Why it was such a weird little kid who looked like he smelled in the lead role. This little hey, boy. Hey, calm, Adam Carolla, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You're getting a little ranty. What's the deal with his hair, too? So the hair's a little, uh, you know, a little freaky for me. It's got a 1989, nice we all had mullets. It's like a mullet that, like, uh, like a fuckboy now would have. You know? It's, like, chopped up and stuff, and, like... He looks like a, like a, a teenage Russian runaway. He looks like a kid. Who's a prostitute in Moscow. I mean, yeah, the haircut. This movie is for pedophiles. This is a movie for pedophiles. Okay. <laughs> it's, I saw it's, on Letterboxd, this is going to be your take. <laughs> I mean, I have, and I have others. This is <laughs> this is not much of a this, this is, is not much of a take. This is not a movie for I'm, pedophiles I, at all. I, are you kidding? There's so much action if you're if that's your uh if you're of that persuasion there's a lot for you this here. movie is a parody of action films featuring a child i said ooh, the lead- like the like the ew i said that within like the first five okay minutes. okay well you're attracted to children and you're disgusted with your own feelings yeah yeah what i can't believe that you're saying that this isn't a weird movie no this is a cool movie for cool <laughs> dudes Okay. Okay. It's like the kind of movie like cool dudes would take their cool kid to see. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we should talk about the title. So Okay. In French, the title is 3615 Code Père Noël. Yeah. Okay. The other titles it has are Game Over, Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus. I think that's all of them. The best title is Dial Code Santa Claus in my opinion. Well, the thing is the 3615 Code Père Noël the reason why that name didn't like has to be translated in all these different ways is because outside of France, no one has any idea what the hell 3615 code means. And that's because this entire movie's plot hinges on a device that only existed in France, <laughs> a computer system called the Minitel, which is a precursor to the internet. And it was provided to every French person who had a phone line. They were given these little computers like the size of like early laptops. Like they have like little screens on them and they have like little keyboards. They okay. look like little, like little Macintosh computers, but yeah. like very French, very French and stupid. Yeah. And it allowed people to, um, you could contact like people in your neighborhood or you can contact friends and family, you contact anyone in France who had one, or you can contact businesses. And then they also had them around in the public. So when I watched this movie the first time, I had no idea what this thing was. Yeah, because it looks like an ATM. It went, like he like uses it, and shows up on like an ATM. Looks like on the street. Yeah, like this little kid and his friend are at their house, and they're using this like online chat room to contact Santa Claus, like or this homeless guy who's dressed like Santa Claus, who's out in public. Yeah, and the reason why they're contacting him is because they want to contact Santa Claus. Like he's the Santa Claus at the department store, right? Yeah. So So these telephones, they would, they also had machines that were out on the street. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. In public. Yeah. And like, it does seem safe. They were really popular. Yeah. But they just never advanced. They just stayed at this very shitty eighties computer level until like the mid to late to like, 2012, I think, is when they finally took it all down. But Well, it seems like it was probably really safe for kids to be able to message anybody. 
and just have like people on the street right back to him. Hello. Hello, I'm a little boy. I am looking for a Santa Claus to come over to my house. Yeah. I just want to see him. I don't believe he is real. Yeah. What am I wearing? <laughs> I'm I am dressed like Rambo and Rambo 2. Yeah. I have ninja stars and face paint I'm covered in and oil. handcuffs. Yeah, I'm glistening with <laughs> oil. I have no, I, I have no me. muscles. It's weird that they took it down. Yeah. I wonder why. Well, the internet and cell phones. Once everybody had cell phones, it's completely pointless. Damn, that had a good run. I'm sure there was a lot of sexual predator shit on the teletine or whatever it's called. Minitel. Minitel. Minitel, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) It works too well. Yeah, the closest thing we had in America was um, CB radio. Yeah, a pedophile stream. Back in the day. So like, any kids out there? Yeah. Well, I feel like the podcast has had a lot of stuff about pedophiles so far. Well, you know why? Because this entire month, <laughs> we're not just watching Christmas movies. We're watching Santa Claus movies. Yeah. I mean, I thought that when I first started watching this movie, I thought that you wanted me to watch it because it was just like this weird, creepy movie for pedophiles. There's like almost there's like there's like literally nothing about this movie that is like about pedophilia. There's you see the kid. There the thing I said you at was this kid. The, the shot of this kid putting his shirt on. It's a parody of Rambo. Yeah, I get it. I get that. But it also like I mean, what they French people don't think that that is would be weird to show a little kid like that. Also, there's a lot of kissing. In this movie, like that little kid's kissing his grandpa a lot, and they show affection. There's a weird scene with his mom where they're on the phone, and she's like whispering that she's gonna kiss his neck. And I don't know, this movie's cre- creeps me the fuck out. I'm not, I'm okay. not. Are you doing a bit? I'm not, I'm not doing a bit. What are you talking about? How are you saying that this is this is, a, I feel like, this whole. This is a whole like elaborate thing that you're doing where you have me watch this movie. It's obviously like a covert movie for the uh, like a pedophile audience of French people. And then you act like I'm great. It's like gaslighting. This is what you're doing. Look, this is just a really cool movie. Like I, I don't look at the kid like it a sexual cool. object. Um, I'm not a freak. I just think he's. I just think like this is this would be a cool kid to know when you're a kid. Yeah, this would be a cool movie to watch when you're a kid. Well, I, let me just be clear. Like, I think this movie is either made by pedophiles or for pedophiles or both. But I also think it's cool. So, so it's you're a pedophile. No, nice try. You just said it. You just said it's made for pedophiles, and you like it. I could enjoy a movie that's made for an audience that I'm not a part of. You know, for example, it's like watching uh, like. Barbershop? Yeah, exactly. It's like watching Barbershop, too. That's what American Pie? Like American Pie is totally for me. So, Well, you're a virgin, so... <laughs> I mean, when it came out, I was a virgin, I guess. So, I mean, you still are. No. My wife is pregnant. I got proof, finally. So this little kid, he lives in a giant mansion, like a, a castle, really. Yeah. His mom is rich. She owns a department store. He lives, His grandpa's there. His dog's there. He His father's dead. He, he gets to, like, 
do whatever he wants in his house. And he lives in like a, he has like a fantasy world existence where he dresses up like Rambo, sets booby traps. Yeah. It's like Richie uh, Rich. Huh? Yeah. Like he booby traps his dog and then like we'll play games with him. And it just seems like, I just think the premise, I don't know if this, like, it's not like a pedophile premise. I think the director's, the thing he's saying is that rich people are cool. anything else like that's the only thing i can gather from this movie is that like wouldn't it be cool to be really rich and have like every toy and every gadget and every like yeah luxury in your house like the kid has a fallout style armband where he has a computer and a screen and he can like access security cameras in the house and this is not a common thing in 1989 yeah um yeah yeah he has what he has like computers. He has yeah. He's got it all because his mom is a big toy, a hotshot at a toy company. She's like, uh, and she's a real taskmaster. She she says like when she goes to work on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, we need to get a- as many street performers. Yeah. Into this, uh, like working tonight. <laughs> we need as many Santa Claus people, like yeah, what was circus that people? So just to attract children to the department store. Oh, okay. So they hire this complete psycho off the street. Yeah. And, you know, this Santa Claus, this is like my favorite Santa Claus of all the movies we watched this month. I think he, this French actor, Patrick Florschman. <laughs> okay. That was good. I think I he that. just, I think he has a great look as a Santa Claus. That sounded nice. The other thing that makes him cool is that I looked up his filmography and he's in, he's in some big movies, like French movies, like Diva. But what he mostly did was voiceover acting or dubbing. Okay. And I guess, uh, let me give you a list of some movies he dubbed. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Kurt Russell in Escape from New York. <laughs> Holy shit. Or in Kurt, Kurt Russell in The Thing. Holy or shit. He was the, he's the voice of Robocop in the French Robocop. Oh, that's cool. I thought you were just going to say only Kurt Russell movies, which would have been a fun little thing. He's needed Ed Harris in Apollo 13, The Rock, Gone Baby Gone, Snowpiercer. This he did Robin Williams. Career. Wow. If he was in the movies, he's just voice over <laughs> acting. He did Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam, Cadillac Man. That's cool. That's Toys. Cool. Damn. Madame Dalfaya. <laughs> he did uh, Willem Dafoe in... Uh, Animorph. Hell yeah. <laughs> or uh, what are these good. movies? Uh, Vampire's Assistant. That's with Jonathan uh, Nicky, I think, right? I remember seeing that at Blockbuster. No, that's the littlest vampire. Oh, right. I remember that from movie's the... interesting. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just remember from the trailer. The only thing I remember is from the trailer of that movie is him flying with this kid who's like, he's trying to show that he's a vamp. Like, it's like a new kid who's like a becoming a vampire or something like that and jonathan litnick he's goes being a vampire rocks and i'm just i remember being like this is weird that they're making it this fun thing where they're not killing people or you know it's like he it was still in his cute jerry Maguire phase not he's like very jacked and stuff now if he said it now i'd be scared if he was like being a vampire rocks the way he looks now that would make me feel intimidated 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, what did he do after that? Nothing, right? He just got jacked because he was tired of people giving him shit. And I get that. That's what that's what I'm doing. Well, right he's now. probably he's short, right? He looks like he's a short guy. Mm, yeah. But um, that movie, The Widow's Vampire. I, the only <laughs> thing I know about it is that the director directed Last Exit to Brooklyn and Christiana F. Like two extremely intense, like <laughs> nice like hard R, almost NC-17 rated movies. Yeah. Maybe The Little Vampire is intense. Maybe it's like Blade. Jonathan Lipnick, he liked his Blade. Would you Would you like to see that? I would like to see that. Um, because you're a pedophile. No. And you just, you're like watching, <laughs> you're watching Dial Code Santa Claus and you're just like, think this movie's for pedophiles and you just have a rock eye dick <laughs> just poking up and it's like obscuring the middle of the screen and i'm like hey how that happen? it's just dividing the screen in half <laughs> you're like interesting use of split screen it's just you have this, like blocks my view yeah you have like a flintstones a flintstones uh headache boner yeah <laughs> just like, whoop, like uh, that's with not me. what happens you, I feel like you're well, fucking around right now and you're going to later say that you are like, yeah, this movie is creepy. The movie is creepy because of the violence. Like the, it has a pretty high body count for a children, a children's film. There's like intense murder scenes in this movie. It's like a horror movie. That's why I like it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I get that part. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good to specify that that's what you like. Not the other I stuff. mean, this isn't cuties. Have you seen that? Yeah. Was was that pedophile? I know I, people. Are I saying mean, that it was. I, I a pedophile could jack off to cuties. I think, okay. but that the message of the movie is that these children are being sexualized through the internet at at a young age, and they don't even realize it. Right, but it but it still is like, yeah, it's it's um. So it's kind of like, I just don't think the director is really has a handle on tone and and kind of um doesn't realize the way. The pedophiles audiences audiences see them yeah see her movie and what's funny is at the end of the movie all the girls and cuties do a little dance recital out in public and their dance is like you know highly sexual twerking kind of stuff okay and the audience hates it it's all these old women and they're just like boo like they can't they hate it yeah but then there's like one young guy in the front row, just like, yeah, man, this is cool. He's just like, bo- he's like bobbing his head. Is it supposed to be like a funny joke? No, they're like, they're just the director saying like, you know, white guys are pedophiles. Mm, okay, cool. That went through the and Sundance also he, Labs. Yeah, that movie. That's most pedophiles uh, go through the Sundance Labs. Yeah, Tarantino. Right. Well, that's how you get your first movie funded. Is like, you know, they watch your short film, Robert. Redford comes out. He's just like, "Hey, Quentin, you know, like, love the Reservoir Dogs script, but um, we're gonna need you to have sex with a child on screen, <laughs> and we're just gonna, and we're just, we're not gonna release it. We're not even gonna watch it. We just need to have it. Mm, little uh, blackmail sort of thing, like you know, we're in it together. Would you take that deal? No way. <laughs> I'd be if someone said uh, that to me. I'd just be like, look, I already got the tape right here. <laughs> give me the, oh you mean give me the, the mo- like which one do you which kind do you want give me the money yeah give me the money for the movie right now yeah totally i don't care yeah he's it's a cute kid he's dressed like rambo yeah i tie him up i catch him in a booby trap <laughs> so this little kid yeah. in this movie 
He's like shit talking Santa Claus on the Minitel, and Santa Claus is all pissed. Yeah, but <laughs> he. Uh, why are you saying like a fake version of what, of what happened? He's like talking to Santa because he's like he wants to believe that Santa's real. He's he's gonna stay up on Christmas Eve to try to catch so he can see Santa to prove that he's real. Right, right, right. So they're talking <laughs> shit. It's in French. I don't know what the fuck's going right. on. So then, but then Santa Claus has he has to work that night, and this one little girl sits on his lap, and she tells him what she wants for Christmas. Or you no, know, even before that, she tells Santa Claus like. This crazy actor, she's like, I don't like your face. Yeah. It's scary. And then he gets like cold, dead in the eyes and just stares at her and then gives her a hard smack across the face. Yeah. Right when the, you know, I mean, she deserved it. Yeah. It's kind of a, but, uh, the department store owner walks by and she sees that and she fires him right on the spot. Yeah. That's so uncool. Yeah, man. It's Christmas, you know? Totally. Just let him hit one kid. You know? If the, it's just one kid. It's cute. It's funny when you smack a child. <laughs> yeah. So uh Santa Claus that then goes to the basement to the HR department. Yeah. And she hears uh or he hears a uh this like guy who's banging the boss. Yeah. His his role has uh there's a lot of functionality written into his role. He uh He's banging the boss. He knows her. Plus, he has to fire Santa Claus. Yeah. But and he's on the phone saying like, an entire delivery truck is being sent to that kid's house, that mansion. Yeah. To give him all of his Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, and the movie. Yeah, the so movie the, is saying like the family is just like openly like rich shitheads, and the movie's like that's cool. Check it out. Yeah, they talk about like trading stock at the breakfast table and the grandpa and the the mom are talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe this this company's uh stock is down. Maybe I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah, just very coldly. It's on, it's interesting. It's, this movie is an interesting comparison to Home Alone because you got like that family's also rich in Home Alone. You know, like they're in that wealthy neighborhood. That's why the wet bandits are there scoping it out. Yeah, they want they want the money in the house. They want the valuables. Yeah. And so it's like it makes sense to have a story like this being a with a kid that has access to a lot of shit. Um, I mean, if it was just a poor kid, he'd get killed immediately. But yeah, so he he would just kick the door down and just cut the kids' throat. Right? Yeah, exactly. There'd be no, there'd be no crawl spaces. There'd be no hidden rooms with drawbridges. Yeah. There there'd be no basements. Yeah. They probably shot it at because it's definitely not a real house. They probably shot it at so many different industrial locations. And warehouses and built so many sets to make this house. It does not look real. It does not look <laughs> what believable in any way. Yeah, there's like a room, a bait, like a secret passageway room that he has that's just like a big sound stage full of toys. Like every house has. And it looks like a sound, like a movie sound yeah, stage. Yeah. Well, and there's also a, yeah. se- a scene where he runs around a maze in his own house and the camera lifts up into the ceiling and you look down and you see there's like a mural painted on the floor. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And it's it's completely ridiculous. I think the director is like a music video commercial guy because... It's, yeah, I was going to say, like, this movie has, like, it looks like a music video, like an 80s music video. And it also has, like, the pace of a, a lot of the scenes, I feel like, once it gets going with Santa being in the house and shit, like, it has, like, the pace of a music video or, like, the sense of time of a music video where 
like there's parallel scenes happening almost where you don't kind of see the the in and out you just see like these see a few different scenes of santa like or the kid this kid having like a close call with santa and then it like jumps to the next one it's kind of a mind fuck it's the pedophiles are trying to hypnotize you and make you lose sense of yourself what he really should have done was add more victims because yeah he, the santa claus can never kill the kid because then the movie would be over he should have just added more and more like security guards like yeah. The fact that this house, this mansion, this castle doesn't have any security guards roaming around. Yeah. And this fucking completely... annoying grandpa. Why do you hate the grandpa so much? I don't know. There's just something about him. I just wanted to fight him the whole movie. He was too useless. Oh, he's in the double life of Veronique. Well, I want to fight him in that movie, too. What else is he in? He's he's in but this guy, like, he's so feeble and just kind of like they're not good it's like a weird they're not like it's like they all treat this kid like he's an adult like you were saying that you hated that with some other movie a few weeks ago but like this movie does it more than no anything. cop and a half the cops talk to that little kid and go like all right what do you want you want to be a cop <laughs> you want to go on bus with burt reynolds yeah and your point is well, this movie justifies it by saying because the kid's father's dead, the mom and the grandpa indulge him because they feel bad. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, the grandpa was just annoying. He kind of reminded the me. The grandpa's of, cool. No, he sucks. He's useless. He's just a, he's a liability. He's like Diane Feinstein. I like him because he's, um, he's so, uh, he just seems so real. He's so old. I wish this kid, the killer killed the grandpa. You wish the kid killed the grandpa? The, the Santa. <laughs> Okay. I wish Santa killed him. I mean, that would have been pretty funny, but instead what happens is, is when Santa Claus finally gets to the house, he goes down the chimney and the little kid is under the din- dinner table. Yeah. And he sees Santa Claus boots come down and then he's, he's getting excited. <laughs> and for some reason, Santa Claus has like a wicker basket instead of a sack. But uh, okay. I've, I've, then uh, the kid's dog, Jr runs in and starts like biting Santa Claus's uh, coat. And the little kid is like mouthing, like be quiet, be quiet, stop, leave the, stop it, leave Santa Claus alone. And then um, the crazy killer Santa Claus guy, cause by then he has killed like multiple delivery people and he's like stolen the van and driven to the house. Right. He grabs a fork off the dinner table and just stabs the dog right in the throat. Yeah. And it's an amazing scene. It's easily the best scene in the movie. It's the most shocking scene. It's the most like, it's basically the fucking premise of three John Wick movies. Yeah. And Whoa. they did it in this movie. This is like the Ace Ventura Jr. of John Wick movies, kind of. I I didn't see Ace Ventura Jr., but it looked really interesting. That's <laughs> yeah. the movie where the little kid is dressed up like Ace Ventura. Yeah. Straight to, that's like the straight to video sequel. Yeah. They should do more straight-to-video sequels with children As playing personas. Roles. Yeah, like uh, little kid Goodfellas. Totally, totally. Well, that's Bugsy Malone, right? No, Bugsy. Yeah, Malone. that's true. Bugsy Malone is based on like that's more of like a '30s gangster movie. Yeah, but yeah, it's based on those old um, it, Warner cool. Brothers gangster movies. They should do a uh, a kid. 
version of There Will Be Blood. There's like a little kid dressed like Daniel Day-Lewis in that movie. Well, what's he trying to get? He's actually trying to get a milkshake. You know? Oh, man, Adam, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know. Man, they're little kids, and he's, uh, and he's like, there's a whole river of oil under there. Yeah. I drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. Something That's funny. Yeah, I know. It's it's so funny. You know what there should be a little kid version of? Mm. Kids. Nice, yeah. You know, these just little kids, they're just (laughs) sucking and fucking. They're like de-virginizing and getting HIV. Yeah. And just like getting into fights. You know? Yeah, that'd be cool. They could call it kids. Little kids. Little kids. Yeah, I like it. They all. They're all. They all have that Ace Ventura hairstyle. Like the kid from Ace Ventura Junior. It's like really weird wig version of the Ace Ventura haircut. And then they're just like, somebody stop me from raping this sleeping girl. Yeah, totally. Rem- we should pitch these to the studio that makes all the little kid versions of movies. Well, I think Disney owns Fox and Fox made Ace Ventura. So it would be great if we could pitch like a whole Ace Ventura extended universe. Ooh, totally. M- much like the Star Wars universe. Get that like, on Disney Plus, yeah. There'd be a show starring the monkey. Um, the monkey from Ace Ventura, you know, his right character. His monkey. In the, the, mon- the monkey. The <laughs> monkey. What's his name? One of the one of the one of the great characters of Ace Ventura. It's just a fucking monkey Spike? that's in his apartment. I think it's Spike, or is that the dog? He's got a lot of pets. This guy. Let's face it. Disney should do a show about uh, Finkel. Exchange. <laughs> yeah, like a prequel. Cool. The big game. Would you call it Finkel or Einhorn? Though that's the question. Yeah, that's you know get Ellen. I mean Elliot Page. Finkel slash Einhorn would be the title, and yeah, sorry Elliot Page. You know, it'd be cool if, like, if Elliot Page made a movie during the transition progress and actually transitioned over the course of the movie. That would be cool. Nobody ever thinks that's like boyhooding yourself. You know what I mean? Nobody thinks about planning stuff in a way that would be fun for to put a movie around that's like real. That could be, um, like. There will be blood, you know. Daniel Day Lewis is a method actor. Like, there will be blood too. It's about his period. It's like, yeah, it's oh, like, I want a period between my legs. Yeah, there's a whole period between my legs. <laughs> I'm the only one who knows how to get it out. <laughs> Who's he saying? And he's just tra- <laughs> he's just transitioning, and he's like, he takes a straw and just sticks it up a girl's pussy, and he's just like, I drink your period. <laughs> I drink it up. And like uh, when he first gets his period, it's just a giant explosion of, of blood. Yeah, and like kills his son. It blinds, or it makes his son deaf. Yeah, by the, from the explosion. That's that's like, uh, yeah, that would be crazy. I was gonna say it's like Harry, but that's the only. I just I was just gonna say that because it's the only period scene I can think of. So that car crash of a conversation with Adam is very similar to the scene in Dial Code Santa Claus where the mom is hurrying home. She's worried she can't contact her son. And she just 
she calls oh, her yeah. friend and a lover and she's like, I'm worried about him. He's like, don't worry. If anything was bad, he would call for help. And she's like, okay. And then she hangs up and then immediately gets in a car accident. I just want to point out too that, so there's a lot of kissing in this movie, a little, that the little kid does, but there's a scene where the mom and this, her like boyfriend are going to kiss and then she, they don't. So it's like, that's the one kiss that was stopped in the movie. It's like, eh, maybe we don't kiss the woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe uh, we just save the kisses for uh, my son, <laughs> the yeah. beautiful boy. The whole cast kisses up. this little boy. You know, you can kiss this, my son. I'll kiss my son. Santa Claus can kiss my son. Yeah. Um, About halfway after the dog is killed, the movie really kind of uh, doesn't know what to do. It starts to get a little slow, a little more contrived. The the kid is just playing cat and mouse games with the Santa Claus. Like in the first scene of the movie, there's a big scene with the dog where the kid pulls a trap door. Yeah. And then the dog falls in a net. And after the dog is killed, the little kid does that to Santa Claus. And then the Santa Claus guy just falls in the net. And then it's like, okay, well, that huge setup scene at the beginning of the movie is now over and it's we're basically like 35 minutes into this film yeah yeah so then what happens is there's a lot of cat and mouse shit where like the kid uh uses walkie talkies and like tricks um the santa claus into going into uh a spa and then he d- turns up the heat yeah and the santa claus starts getting burnt and he's like he's in real pain <laughs> and my favorite thing about this movie is like the pain is always real there's they never they never make the pain fake like they never cop out to it yeah like santa claus is getting burnt uh the dog actually is fucking stabbed to death there's a scene where the santa claus has a knife and he slices the kid's leg it actually cuts the kid there's actual blood there's real pain Mm -hmm. and that kind of like that kind of realness makes the movie work well it just makes the movie work even though it's like completely ridiculous the premise is like absurd. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the little kid is so much a like Bruce Willis guy in this movie where he like climbs out of the window and he's like on the roof. Like that, that shot is really cool, actually, of him on the roof. He looks like a badass, this little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the uh, diehard inspiration might be bigger than anything else in yeah. this movie. Yeah. It seems like it's kind of just they were trying to do a diehard thing. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so weird how he's... Well, I mean, like, he's treated like an adult, even by, like, the movie, you know, like, with uh, his, the, the the wounds and, sh- and shit like that. That's um, cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's what... Like, France, you know, they don't baby children the way we do in America. Well, they actually... They smoke and drink and shit. There's a, there's a, there's some book, apparently, that's, like, about parenting for French style. And uh, it's where you tongue your kid. Just kidding. Um, That's how you clean their diaper. <laughs> yeah. What, you're uh, what we do is you want to take the diaper off and then you want to lick around <laughs> the anus. You want to lick the poo-poo off. Yeah. It's okay. But Dave's just the name for French guy who likes your bottle. That's how Gerard Depardieu got so fat. <laughs> yeah. He has a lot of grandkids and he would change their diapers. Yeah. His, his body is swimming in turds. Let's just say he's a good grandpa. Let's leave it at that. That would be funny, um, Adam. Instead of Bad Grandpa, a movie called Good Grandpa. And it's like about Gerard Depardieu who cleans all of his grandkids. It's like your 
Oh, what a beautiful baby you have there, madam. <laughs> oh, beautiful rosy cheeks. Uh-oh, it smells a little stinky back there. Perhaps I can uh, take care of this problem. <laughs> Your French accent is getting better by the second, I gotta say. Well, that's because I'm a big Gerard Depardieu fan. Oh. And now I'm turning Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Depardieu work as a Chinese guy? He's a, he's a great actor. People make fun of him in America because he's in like the shittiest American movies, like My Father, The Hero, or yeah. Green Card. But like, he's legitimately the Robert De Niro of France. Right, right, right. right. Well, I was gonna say that um, the uh, French style of parenting is, yeah, it's like it, it. It's the idea is like the kid does not become the focus of life of the house and 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 your life and stuff. So it's like, okay, yeah, you're doing your thing. I'm doing, you know, I'll come and deal with you so it is kind of like not treating them like kids so i don't know if this the weird tone of this movie it might just be one of those things like there's so many french or like foreign movies that don't really don't cross over or like aren't released in any real way in america because like the cultural differences are so off like it may it would be so off in america just in kind of these intangible ways that's my theory yeah, I mean that's a great theory. Thank you. Oh man, these uh, these just rough and tumble French films will never. We can't show these rough in America. No, I just mean like the, if it's made, it's like this kind of middle mid tier or whatever French movie. Yeah, Francois Truffaut, uh, Jean Luc Godard. Well, those are like good. Chabrol. Those are good, but these are like made the 400 below these are broad french movies small maybe, change maybe it's broad there's no french movies. movies about kids you know no i'm saying i think it's a broad movie thing like broad movies maybe don't cross over culturally as much because they're like i i, I feel like i'm i'm onto something i, I, I wish I was you're trying to say something i'm making it funny i'm doing a bit but yeah to explain what the hell you're actually trying to say is <laughs> there are normal mediocre foreign films that will never get released internationally because they don't they don't play on the international circuit because they're not they're not special no not that's not what i'm saying that's well, not what i'm I saying think, well i saw one of these movies i went to an italian film festival in la and i saw uh suspiria yeah i saw a preview of dracula directed by dario gento in 3d Dario Gento was there. Okay. There, John Landis was there. There were like hundreds of people there. Like it was a huge ceremonial event honoring Suspiria. And then after we watched Suspiria, we put on 3D glasses. We watched a clip from Dracula 3D, which is terrible. It's the last movie Argento has made so far. And then they showed an Italian, like an extraordinarily mediocre Italian film that was a comedy and it was shot in 3D. And it was about a guy just trying to have sex with this woman. <laughs> that sounds cool. And it was like a it was like a really broad, stupid sex comedy. Sure. And it just killed with the Italian people. They were going fucking crazy. Nice. Like, yeah. Dario Argento was laughing <laughs> so hard. <laughs> That's amazing. And he like afterwards, I made eye contact with him, like leaving the theater. He was just like laughing and talking to his friends, and just like, oh my god, that was so funny. This movie. What's something funny in it that happens that you were? Can, can god, you I can barely remember anything. But there Fuck. was like a scene where they played like a sex game on the Wii, like a uh, whole family, yeah. and it was like very awkward. Okay. But yeah, like this is. 
It would be like if uh, you went to Romania and you went to a, a an amazing film festival where they honored some like a great Romanian director, like, or I guess an American film. And then, yeah, I guess they would have, no, they go like, we're honoring David Lynch. He's this great American director. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, thank you. And then like, and now we're going to watch uh, Drillbit Taylor. Fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the perfect thing. It's just like some like utterly unforget like forgettable movie. <laughs> yeah. David Lynch is just laughing watching Drillbit Taylor. That sounds cool. It was uh but yeah, like for there are tons of foreign films that are like TV movies or just very average melodramas. And yeah. They never get released and I'm surprised I'm going to be looking for the Minitel in 80s and 90s French films. Yeah. And the other movies but I have, for Pedophiles. But I I have a feeling they're not going to, a lot of the like cool international movies aren't going to show it because they're going to want an international audience and they know no one outside of France has any idea what a Minitel is. And it's not cinematic. It's like having a big plot point in your movie be about laser discs. Yeah. Or um, what else is like a laser disc or like a. (laughs) Like pogs. I mean, like, well, like it'd be like if the talk boy radio thing from Home Alone 2 did. Like yeah. already existed, but obviously it was created and sold. Yeah, through the movie. That's such a genius product to like market to stupid kids a tape recorder. We could you could disguise your voice. Yeah. Oh, Hobby that's true. Kids were home early. Yeah, that's true. You got that's true. It's it's cool. I mean, it has the mic, the stretchy microphone too. I take it back. It's badass. Yeah, it's just an existing piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah. Chinese electronic factory made uh, hand recorder and like Walkman, but they just add like a little microphone that extends and kids are like, I gotta have this. I mean, back in the day, like something like that did seem really cool. I remember like when I first got a Walkman, I bought it off of like some kid that I was friends with in like sixth grade or something like that. And, and it had like, you know, like those, the simple like radio, like AM FM stuff on it. Uh, but, I remember just being like, oh, fuck, I have like, I can like listen to music through headphones now. And it just was not possible for me before, you know, back in the day. True. When we were kids, none of that shit was available. I don't know how, I mean, these kids are so lucky with YouTube. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You couldn't even like, you you know, you'd record stuff on a tape off the radio or you'd buy a tape and it's like tapes sound like shit. And like, there's like five songs on a side of a tape. And that's like your tape. That's like all you have to listen to. Or when you get older, you would just go to the CD store. And did you ever buy a CD and it just sucked? And you're yeah, like, wow, you're just I like, just fuck, bl- I just, fucked up. I, I just blew like $17. Yeah, yeah, totally. The CD sucks. <laughs> and then when CD burning started happening, then people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. That was the first little taste. Yeah, I mean, we're not orgasmic. cool like the kid. The kid in this movie, he has all this amazing technology. He literally has a 3D animation of the house. Yeah. Like a 3D software program that has like a blueprint of the house. Yeah, it's very like, you know, it's like kid fantasy. It's like blank check kind of shit. Um, Which is what I thought the Minitel was when I first saw it. I was like, oh, this is just some ridiculous movie technology bullshit. Yeah, this isn't right. I didn't think it was real. I I thought it was was like. I thought it was like 
the net when she uses email in the net and yeah. there's like an actual envelope. Totally, totally. Or uh, did you ever see Disclosure? No. Okay, so Disclosure's uh, Michael Douglas, Demi Moore, Michael Crichton written. I th- I don't know if he directed it, but um, you know he's obsessed with technology, and there's a the movie's about like sexual harassment and office politics. Okay. The big thing, the the actual thing that the movie's about though is they work for a tech like a tech company. And they're building like Wikipedia, like an online like encyclopedia. But the way it works is you put on VR goggles, <laughs> and then, like half the movie takes place, or like not half, but like the big climax of the movie takes place in Michael Douglas walking through a three D environment, like a CGI world that's a library, like an infinite library. That sounds and he's bad. Access- yes. And he's accessing files, and then like Debbie Moore puts on the the virtual reality headset, and then now she's in there, and like they're interacting. And it's just they're at the library, basically. I think it's just green screen footage of them walking around like the mist. Mm. It's just like a mist background. Damn, that sounds amazing. Uh, Michael Crichton is uh he's he was like a he made some cool movies. He made a movie called Looker from the early eighties. Okay. Like before Jurassic Park, he basically failed out of Hollywood. Like he wrote Westworld. I think he directed it. He made yeah. Andromeda Strain. But Lookers is, I used to watch it as a kid. And this is a movie I would masturbate to as a child. Okay. It's about. Um, <laughs> as opposed to what? Sublim- <laughs> subliminal. I would, I, all I, I didn't have porn as a kid. So I just watched um, like uh, the movie channel or Showtime and jerked sure. off to actual films. Sure. That's so, why you're a cinephile. You're an actual cinephile. That's how I know. I know as much about movie nudity as like Mr. Skin. Yeah. So like you could ask, you could name like any 80s or 90s actress. I can tell you what movie they're nude in. You're like a human Mr. Skin. Test me. <laughs> um. Well, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of the ones that name are. an actress. Just name an actress. Helen you don't have to know the Helen answer. Helen but well, I, she's naked in she's in Caligula. Caligula, that, I know. I, I'm trying to not give you two easy ones. Um, uh, fucking Laura Dern. Laura Dern's naked in Wild at Heart. She's topless. Uh, uh, it's funny is I went on MrSkin.com and I was going to do a bit where I typed in their names, but <laughs> I actually know the answers so far to all these actresses. Uh, <laughs> what about like um, the captain from Star Trek Vo- Voyager? The lady captain? Mulgrew? I yeah. never looked her up. Kate, Kate, Kate Mulgrew? Mulgrew? I never looked her up. She in anything? Well, let me look her up on Mr. Skin. Yeah. That's just the sound of your brain computing. No right nudity. Now. Yeah, she has no nudity. Fuck. If she was naked, I would, know, I would know. Yeah, that's why you had to look it up, I guess. You know, it's a, you know, it's a rare nude scene that not a lot of people know about. Reese Witherspoon in Twilight. She's topless. Wow. And she has a, hot, she's hot got depressive. she's got a nice pair i gotta say nice nice and this um, is young reese this is like right after election reese you know it'd be cool if when you were thinking about these trying to figure out like do your human mr skin thing if your eyes rolled back in your head and you started like shaking <laughs> i was just like oh i feel it yeah oh, you're like fo- seeing... foaming at the mouth and stuff it's like uh the fury or scanners i'm just like yeah I'm just like my head shaking. Yeah. Just like electricity. Nev Campbell isn't 
naked and wild things, but Denise Richards is. Well, Neff Campbell's naked in the company. <laughs> or no, she's in a shower scene. I don't think she got naked until she made that movie with uh, that director, James Toback. She made a James Toback movie where she got naked. I, uh... The only the only thing I think about I'm, I'm, I'm unstoppable, Adam. I know. <laughs> I mean, all I, I'll keep te- I'll keep testing you. As I'll, I'll try to think of ones, maybe bring them up next time and try to stump you. Um, it's gonna be a running thing that we talk about. Anytime yeah, we bring up an actress, I'll tell you. Every time you should just automatically, you know, go into your trance like state. And uh, yeah, but the yeah the wild things is bullshit. You know. Yeah, it's like you fucking got... take your shirt off if Denise Richards is doing all this work. Like Denise Richards is carrying that scene. You know, yeah. Once they started writing contracts for nudity, that's when the fun went away. Because yeah. you know, womp, womp. basic, basic instinct. You know, that it's in that gray area where we don't know what actually happened on set, but we do know a camera was placed seven inches away from Sharon Stone's vagina. What do you mean? There wasn't a, a nudity agreement or something like that? Or are you just doing about? No, it's disputed. That she, she says did she it. says Paul Verhoeven said uh, the, it would be dark between her legs, so she would cross her legs, <laughs> and it would be dark. And Paul Verhoeven said, "What are you talking about? You were on set. We put a light and a camera right on your vagina." Oh, I see. Oh, well, she's uh, deferring. So, so that's okay. He's he's like me. He likes to break the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, he's just telling Sharon Stone that she's bombing. Um, her pussy if he did, sucks. If he did that. He's just like, he's just like, stop. Your pussy sucks. What is, what's your pussy doing? <laughs> so I, I'm Sharon this? Stone's pussy on this podcast, and you're Paul, or I'm Sharon Stone, and you're Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. And my penis, I guess, is Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone's pussy. Technically, that's weird. Maybe you'll tra- maybe you'll transition over the course of this podcast. Yeah, I feel like it's happening already. You're probably just going to transition towards suicide. Yeah. No, I can't. I got a baby coming. Now can I can't. Do, you, don't, you could. You could never pull a Bourdain. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, a I Kate fucking Spade. wish. I was just like a. Yeah, I wish I was like a purse magnet who didn't. Oh wait, she had kids probably. Yeah, she um, had kids. I wish I was just like a. I'm naming people who killed themselves with kids. Oh, Anthony Bourdain did. Yeah. Damn. I feel bad for him because he like. You're killing yourself over Ossia or Argento. It's like, come on, man. Wait, what? What do you? Why? What do you mean? He killed him himself because she broke up with him. Cause she was like cheating on him and had sex with a seventeen-year-old boy, and <laughs> the seven. She had sex with this like actor she cast in one of her movies. Okay. And when he was a, she was he was in the movie when he was a little kid, and oh, weird. And then, and then when she he was seventeen, she had sex with him. And then the kid had these like selfies and texts and stuff and said, I'm going to go public because, you know, Me Too was going on. He's like, I feel victimized. I don't think that was right. Yeah. We had a long, I've known you since I was a child. That's a weird relationship. It's violating. And then Anthony Bourdain was dating her at the time. And he, uh, he paid this huge settlement or like he paid this huge fee to keep it quiet. And, uh, Anthony Bourdain. I think what it came out public. It came out publicly, and then like I think Anthony Bourdain killed himself like a month later, or maybe this all came out after he died. I don't remember. But I mean, the theory is the the rumor is that he was depressed over Osio Argento. 
Uh, that's a bad move, I think. Killing yourself over a check. That movie's called The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things. Okay. The one where Aja so, Argenta, the kid with the kid in it, who she fucks later. So if you want to see a real pedophile movie, <laughs> this is a movie I guess you where got me there. Aussie Argento plays this kid's mom and dress, forces this kid to be trans and dress up like a girl. And then and when then this she little eight, later. yeah, this little eight year old actor. And then when he was 17, she had sex with him. That's so. pretty wild, dude. She was just biding her time. Sounds like we have another movie for a future podcast episode. Cause this is a pet move, basically a movie slash pedophile discussion podcast well, after santa Cl- after this movie there's no more yeah no pedophile stuff i'm gonna while. pick a jackie chan movie and that's like the opposite that's like the most opposite of a pedophile you could be is jackie chan a pedophile having sex with jackie chan is like the saddest thing in the world <laughs> like like as a uh um, fuck what's the fuck that's like a bad <laughs> like dream as a as a uh, like compromise as like a compromise he has sex with jackie chan what do you mean a compromise? Or like that... he can't like a pedophile. What do you mean a pedophile fucks Jackie Chan? I think he's like forced at gunpoint. <laughs> oh okay. All right. Silly. And that pedophile, it's like the opposite. It's like there's none of the none of the pleasure of a child is in Jackie Chan. He's just an old, gross. No, he still looks good. Man, f- don't say scars that. all over his body and broken bones and. Yeah. Horrible injuries. Okay, maybe this movie is not as much of a pedophile movie as the Ozzy Argento movie. You want to talk about pedophile movies? I could talk all day, dude. You have a Mr. Skin database in your head for that, too. <laughs> I do. Um, I know. Most I know mo- you have plans. I know. Most of the movies with child nudity are, of course, uh, European. Of course. Yeah. Well, this thing, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, they treat them very adult, like, <laughs> He's got that haircut. He, he they, it just this movie treats this kid like he's like a sexual being, in a fucking weird ass way. And I don't know how is that like because Macaulay. He's Cole, not sexual. He has. He's not attracted to women. There's no interaction with women. There's nothing. There's no yeah. little girl. He's like hitting on. There's nothing sexual about him. The thing is, there's this like affection, it, open affection, and just like no, his body is like no, on screen. You're so. <laughs> fucking stupid like you think this is cute you're like i don't it's think like it's the, cute it's like the cuties reaction you know you're like tucker carlson you're just like what is this movie where it's like it's very it's obvious what the setup is every shot of this kid is a 100 percent homage and reference to rambo 2 yeah yeah i get, I get that but there's I no mean, shots it's literally of- the exact same camera and it's just a commercial kind of idea it's like oh we're gonna do a commercial that's a kid as Rambo. Yeah, but but there's a lot of kissing, like I said. A lot of kissing, well, French a lot of people weird. kiss. There's family, just, fr- people in France kiss. People in Europe kiss. It's a lot of kissing, it seems like. But there's no, like, you know, if this is like, if you compare this to Home Alone, like, those are both precocious little kid roles. But Macaulay Culkin, we're not seeing his torso, you know? What are you talking about? He's in the shower, he shaves. Oh, yeah. So yeah that's true yeah he's like putting on you see it under his armpit and stuff that's probably like a, th- a thing that some pedophiles like well you could see that adam except your boner is poking up <laughs> covering the screen 
It's not. It's not covered. It's. I don't. It's, it doesn't even. It's not even there. There's no boner. You're just like furiously jacking off to this movie all the time. You're like, ooh, these fucking pedophiles love this <laughs> shit. They loved Alcote Santa Claus. As soon as I bust, I'm like, that is so wrong. Pedophiles are fucked up. <laughs> what are you? What are you ooh. <laughs> ooh. Santa. Yeah, kiss your grandpa, kid. Kiss your grandpa. I like the sound effects. <laughs> that's okay. That's good. Just a real hard dry rub. Yeah, that a sounds like a dry jack. One, for sure. That sounds like a super dry jack you got. So. That's good. Oh, though. the you're, mom is kissing her son? Ooh, you French bitch. Dude, you're like a Foley artist. Is this Foley artist level shit that you're doing right now? <laughs> Make it wetter. It's like Could, we're you and I are in the studio right now, and I need this this foley sound to be wetter. Go. You're just diddling your asshole. It's all wet. <laughs> this is part of your style as the foley artist too. Is that you have like comments, like descriptive commentary while you're doing it. This is my favorite thing that's happened on the podcast so far, by the way. <laughs> What's that? I'm making a sound. You're the you're the person with five years of improv experience. You think you could fucking label something? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the sound of the dick popping out of the ass, right? It's not my line anyway. With Adam Bowers, <laughs> I'm trying to think about how to heighten the sound, like. Once you do the cheek thing, it's like hard to get to the the next of one of that. Well, you know, I think we. Uh, what is that? You just your your worn out asshole, just yeah. like a big hole. Yeah. So, just cold winds. Yeah, that's what that is. So anyway, at the end of this movie. Uh, yeah. What happened? Where did they get the gun from? The cops? Yeah, the cops yeah. There's come? a cop there. The cop gets killed. Yeah, eventually a cops come. Cop gets killed. The little kid has the gun. He's able to shoot Santa Claus once, and then the kid goes in the house. He's trying to get insulin. He's trying to like awake his. Uh, yeah, um, the climax of this movie involves an insulin shot. He's trying to save his grandpa. You know, yeah. after the death of his dog, he he buried his dog, Evil Dead style. In the basement. Oh, nice. That's cool. And then... um, That's a funny montage. As he saves the grandpa, the mom comes home, the boyfriend comes home. But then also Santa Claus shows up, who's alive still. And then the grandpa, who is basically legally blind, he then has to shoot the Santa Claus. Yeah. Through his blind... uh, His blindness. And it's kind of like in Star Wars when Luke uh, Skywalker shot that uh he dropped that bomb down the death star oh you do totally yeah every here's his chi every movie almost every action movie ends with like a a moment of faith interesting yeah i mean this is like a deconstruction of action movies in, in a lot of ways um yeah but yeah that's an interesting thing like what else do you feel like has a big one i mean die hard is like a, a he jumps off the building i guess well, I think that's true. Like Caddy, Caddyshack, he makes that last putt. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's not an action movie, right? 
I know, but a lot of movies have a leap of faith. You have to eventually have a leap sure, of faith. Sure. I mean, Groundhog Day, he eventually just does what's in his heart. I guess every movie just ends with some bullshit of believe in yourself. <laughs> it's just fucking bullshit. Um, I re- There's yeah. no movie where they're like, why did you believe in yourself? Idiot. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or like, oh, I, ca- I was able to do that without believing in myself. So no worries. It's all good. That's how the movie ends. Oh, it, all, it just worked out. I just uh, I just got lucky. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. All right, nice. And then the character just like turns on the TV. All right, cheat it. Ooh, that'd I be cool. The Ocean's Eleven guys, they like to cheat. Yeah. I mean, this movie, like to- you know, it's like, uh, I guess it's a, a leap of faith thing, but it's like these are, not, these are like cheatery sort of people at the beginning. Just fucking rich people. Cheat- cheatery? Cheatery. I don't know. That's not, I, I rescind. I rescind that. Um, you think they're, do you think they're cheats? No, I, well, just going back to what you were saying about their, them being like, you know, uh, fucking, uh, they don't cheat. They steal. Yeah. 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 Just they're shitty criminals. rich people. They're um, stupid people. Yeah. Their mall department store is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was kind of cool to see like a, a real French department store. It felt like it was just like there, you know what I mean? That's the thing you get with these like broad, mid middle of the road movies. What's well, it, a genre movie? I get well, but it's not like a. I guess, but it's like a probably it's like a genre film. Yeah, but it's like for kids, kind of. Who's this movie for? It's for horror movie fans. That's who likes it. Adults. People like me who like 80s horror movies like it. But when it like, like came out, well, who was it for? It was supposed to be for kids. The only the only place it did well was in Italy. It won an award at like some like fantasy horror film festival. Mm. But it was like it was removed from theaters in France. Because um, it was too controversial. It was too violent and too uh, scary Sexual. for kids, you know, like the dog getting stabbed to death. Uh, oh, sure. Oh, okay. So it was marketed towards kids. People are like, getting killed. Santa Claus is killing like people who work at the shop and like he gets shot multiple times at the end and dies. And then the way the movie ends is so fucking funny because after Santa Claus is dead, the little kid is just sobbing. He's just crying and he's just like, this all happened because I just wanted to see Santa Claus. Yeah. And I made this happen. And he's just like crying. <laughs> and then the camera pans away from him and goes to Santa's boots. And then the credits roll. Yeah. So he thinks he's, he thinks, the kid thinks that he, this is Santa the entire time. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. But I, I feel like, I wish the movie kind of hit that more throughout. Because I like that idea a lot. That this whole time he's like, oh shit, this is actually like Santa's trying to kill me. He thinks he's been, and like, yeah, like if he played up like, oh, I've been naughty or something, but. Yeah, yeah, Uh, I feel like the director, because he wrote it, and then he didn't really write or direct a movie ever again. He like worked on TV. I feel like he was a guy who was really talented, really ambitious, like people like probably were like, oh, this guy's a genius. One day he's going to make an amazing movie. And then he just came up with this crazy idea of a movie and it was so horrifying to like the the regular audience that it it was removed from theaters and then became a cult hit on video and like 
you know, horror movie audiences love stories like that because that's mm -hmm. what angst was like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this that's is what just Silent Night, Deadly Nights like that. But yeah, Angst, that director was completely nuts. He put all his time and energy into this one movie and then yeah. people hated it. Um, that's that's so fucking annoying. Angst, angst is amazing. Yeah, but you know, it's like so unpleasant. Oh, right, sure. Like it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I saw that movie about... like a long time ago and then it was playing at the Cine Family and I knew some people and I was like, and it was this guy's birthday. And I was like, oh, man, Angst is amazing. And he likes movies and shit. So um, he got like a bunch of people to go see it. <laughs> and then during the, and we were all like sitting there. And during the scene where in Angst where he's fucking the corpse. Yeah. I was just like, happy birthday. <laughs> I just felt like I can't believe that I recommended this on his birthday. Yeah, you really don't understand tone. Right. But, that's, um, that's I, time but like sometimes you get excited about a movie and you do the same thing like when Holy Mountain premiered in San Francisco, way before, I mean, it wasn't on DVD. No one knew about this movie. I saw it, and it was only playing for two days. I saw it, and I was just blown away. I was like, that's the most amazing movie that I've never heard of that I've just seen for the first time. Yeah. And then this guy, I know, like, I was talking to him. I'm like, so what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, well, you know, my brother is moving back to Philadelphia, so... Uh, we're probably, I'm probably going to hang out with my brother. And I was like, oh, you should see the Holy Mountain. It's like so cool. He's like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it sounds cool. But, you know, my brother's moving back to Philadelphia. So I'm probably going to, you know, have dinner and have a drink with him or like. Nice. You're you like, know, no, sit watch a long movie and don't talk. Just, yeah. And be autistic. No, no, go see, uh, go see There Will Be Blood, you know. He's, yeah. He's got the period. He's got the milkshake. I drink your period the there will be blood universe on disney plus would be awesome yeah totally i want to see what yeah. happens to um paul to dano's brother fucking, you know i gotta see yeah. the twins <laughs> yeah what's going on with those twins i want to see a wacky like parent trap sort of movie with paul, paul dano's twin characters from there will be blood yeah one's a priest one's a business tycoon here we go wacky shenanigans in yeah. bakersfield oh oh there will be blood what do you mean bakersfield it takes place in bakersfield oh because it was shot in texas right yeah that's cool that it takes i really like that it takes place in bakersfield i mean it's very loose but yeah little boston's a fake city but it's basically nice bakersfield it's cool that it's like you know the corn obviously everybody knows that bakersfield is where corn is from but like it's fun that there that you there's there's like a lineage now of or like Placing corn in the There Will Be Blood universe, like that, the band Corn well, comes later. Still, that's cool. In in the same place. Are you, what are you trying to do here? I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that corn. So like, There Will Be Blood happens in Bakersfield. Flash forward ninety years, and fucking corn is having their first band practice. They just show up in the mansion. Like, what if the end, he's like, I'm finished. And then it just, like, fades. Yeah. And then, like, or, like, there's a time lapse. It's like. It's like the end of Gangs of New York where you see the time lapse of New York yes. City. The door opens up and it's, like, boarded up and everything's all creaky and there's spiderwebs. And then, like, Jonathan Davis comes in. And like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The acoustics. It's a pretty cool place. place. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting some dark energy from this place. Yeah. They just start rocking out. Yeah. The end. 
Don't change kids, stay with us Stay a little Jesus Hold on to my hand It's not a long way To fly, you know Don't fly in vain It's so hard anyway birthday Christmas Welcome home to